Hi guys, it has been a crazy couple of weeks, no? And we don't know when there's going to be an end in sight to our lives being turned completely upside down. I mean, even those of us who really haven't felt a huge impact because we live rurally, we have a little homestead, we raise some of our own food, we have a stocked pantry of canned goods, all of that. Maybe we haven't felt a huge impact, but I mean, let's face it, we all are missing the ready supply of toilet paper, yes, and no matter how remotely we live, there's something in our week that we're not able to do that's starting to maybe drive us a little crazy, right? Whether maybe you homeschool and you're missing your co-op that you get to meet all the other families once a week. Maybe you're in regular Bible study and you're missing getting together with your friends and studying. Whatever it is, no matter where you live or who you are, I am positive there is something very different in your days now, and I'm positive there's something you're missing. So, That's what today's topic is, what you can do when you are stuck at home, some great tips and thoughts on how you can cope with Corona. Welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Visser. Because most of us are longing to simplify things in the crazy, busy, loud clutter of life, I'm here to be your encouragement mentor, to remind you that while simple living is not synonymous with easy, it is something you can slowly ease yourself into, and it is definitely worth the effort. So let's do this together. Now, before I jump into this, I do want to explain I am not making light whatsoever of what it truly means to cope with Corona. I will be the first to admit I don't even know, you know, how how difficult truly having this virus could be and how extremely difficult it is to fear that maybe you or a loved one has it and you're waiting on the test or whatever the case is. In fact, my in-laws are currently in quarantine. They're near the end of it and we're starting to feel pretty good and positive about the outcome, but it's, it is a scary thing, so please don't think I'm making light of that at all. But for those of us, even without any immediate fear of sickness, um, we do have things that we're dealing with if we are in quarantine or semi-quarantine, or even just the fact that there are so many things we would typically be doing that we can't do, right? So today, this is a list of some things that I have come up with that our family has been enjoying and ways that we've been using our quarantine time that I think could be nice and apply to everyone, so I wanted to share it. Now, I will also say that as sugar makers, honestly, the timing, and as gardeners, the timing could not be better. I mean, it's it's the exact time of year that we should be totally planning out the garden here in New England, at least. I guess if you live down south, it's a little late to just be planning. But here in New England, it is planting season. It is planting of the seedling season. I have seedlings strung all over our upstairs bathroom in precarious places because I'm making do with what I have and I wanna have even more plants than typical this year for lots of obvious reasons. So it's it's an okay time to have more time on my hands, right? Because that's one thing I was busy doing 
And also as sugar makers, of course, we are right in the heart of sugar season. And it doesn't feel quite as overwhelming that most evenings are spent boiling and bottling because we have a little more time on our hands. So anyway, also, um, I thought I would share with you briefly our family story, what has been going on around here as we've been walking through this craziness. Um, and I'd love to hear your story. So many readers have reached out to me and shared with me things that they're doing and coping with and going through. By the way, at the end of the podcast, I'm going to share ideas from readers too, of tips of things that's helping people get through this. So that'll be fun. But a few weeks ago, when we realized that this could be something that gets pretty serious pretty quickly, my three daughters, I have four daughters, one is married and in Boston. She has her own situation she's dealing with because Boston is pretty much shut down. They were, I believe, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think they were the first city to do so. And it was really a shock and scary to me when I heard this, when she called me and said they sent her home from work. I think it was halfway through the morning. And they said, that's it. The city's shutting us down. Everything's shutting down. So at that point, was when it really hit home to me that my three daughters who were down in Texas in Corpus Christi on the Gulf were really far away from me. And what if all cities started shutting down? And I really started to, as a mom, feel very uneasy that they were so far away with what was going on. My second to oldest daughter had an internship that I'm actually very proud of, and she was extremely excited about working for the state aquarium, the Texas State Aquarium. She was loving loving her job. And the fact that things were starting to shut down around her even gave her more motivation to want to stay because the aquarium really needed her help. Even if they closed, which they did wind up doing, um, she was still needed because the animals all still need care. The animals all still need, still need food, right? So she was very hesitant to even consider leaving. And I can understand why. Now, the other two sisters who were there with her, they had went along pretty much just for fun. If you follow along on any social media, then you've already heard this story because I've been sharing it a little bit as I go. I went with the three of them on a road trip from here in New England all the way down to the Gulf, had a ton of fun, except for when in Alabama we were a mile away from the um, tornado that struck down. That wasn't very fun. But... Uh, We made it safely. I got them all set up in a nice Airbnb. By the way, if you need a temporary long-term place to stay, I found that was a great solution for us. We looked into a lot of different options, and the Airbnb was by far the the best for us. And definitely, if you ever need to do that, um, you want to negotiate, because if you have a long-term stay, that is win-win for them too, and they are happy to reduce prices. Anyway, total sidetrack there. Got them all set up in the Airbnb, and it kind of seems surreal now, even even though we're only, what, maybe a week and a half into a lot of stores being closed, it just kind of seems surreal to think back that, oh yeah, we went to Walmart, and we stocked up, we had the cart full, and then we went to the grocery store and stocked up with the cart full, and like, you know, I'm just thinking back to all the people around me, and yeah, that was normal life, and I... It's not like that now. Sorry, another sidetrack. Um, <laughs> okay, so I flew home 
And they were going to be there until May from, was it January? Yes, that was beginning of the year into May. They were going to spend that time on the golf. The other two were, still are, taking their online college classes and were happy to, very happy to do that there instead of in New England in the winter. I mean, they did miss the snow. They really did. And they missed the snowmobiling. But it wasn't too bad to, you know, take their work, their online work onto the beach and spend the day on the beach in the middle of January and February. Kind of crazy. They were sending me pictures of themselves in shorts on the beach. And I'm going, what? Anyway, um, so when Boston shut down and when I started to realize how serious this all was, I immediately called and I said, why don't you start planning your route home? And we went through many days, probably four, five, maybe six days of them kind of dragging their feet. And they went the spectrum of Jordan, the one with the internship, until the very last day that they headed home was very much like, no, that's not necessary. We can weather it out here just as well as we could at home. And then the other two started inching on that spectrum towards, no, we really want to get home. So by the end of that, whatever it was, five-day cycle, the younger two were like, no, we're going home. And in fact, they had booked an airline ticket, the two of them, to come home because Jordan was very adamant it wasn't necessary. So they were going to come home and leave her there. And that's the day that was one of my low points of my motherhood because I couldn't stand the thought that she was going to stay there alone with who knows what crisis coming for our nation and her being alone that far away, like 3,000 miles away. So by the next day, they were in one accord, and the three of them started driving home. They said the trip was pretty surreal. Through a good portion of the southern states, in a lot of areas, they didn't feel like it was a whole lot different, except for when they stopped and they noticed the stores were definitely different, not as many people, and definitely some sections of shelving were empty. They had noticed that already in Corpus Christi. And of course, nowhere was there toilet paper anywhere. But thankfully, good interesting note if you're traveling in a toilet paper crisis somehow the hotels have an in and the hotels do not have a problem with the toilet paper crisis at least they didn't as of let's see it's been five days now since they traveled home so as of then hotels were fine so um they were able to they didn't have any problems finding hotel rooms which was something i was worried about they didn't have any trouble finding gas which was something i was worried about um I was just worried that some of these businesses would just be closing before you know they got home. They did have trouble with food. Every hotel that they stayed at had very limited or non-existent food available, even though all of them were ones that had free breakfast options. There was no breakfast to be had. And um, <laughs> Kayla, who is very much like her mama and very um, in tune to the price of things and trying to make sure she's getting the best price, was very upset that they couldn't waive the cost of the rooms, even though that included breakfast was not included. There was no discount on the cost of the room. Um, anyway, so they had quite a bit of food they had brought home from you know the Airbnb. So their car was stocked with food. They did okay. They had a cooler with some cool things, even some meats and cheeses and stuff and they were able to find ice to keep things cold the whole way home so they had food they got home they didn't have trouble with gas but they did say it was crazy the second they hit new england it was like this imaginary line 
that when they crossed over it, they were in like a twilight zone. There was almost the entire ride through New England, not one car on the highway. And they really started feeling quite eerie about the whole thing. Um, I'm guessing, I mean, who knows, but I'm guessing it's because Boston was the first city to shut down that all of New England very quickly just had not a lot of people traveling on the highways. Of course, I missed the biggest, scariest highlight of their whole trip. In Tennessee, the car broke down. They had gone through some very um, steep inclines, elevations, and something happened with the brakes and... Thankfully, they were totally safe, had no accident or problems, and they were able to find a garage. But I don't know if it's because this is just the way this garage works or if it's because of the coronavirus and maybe they were short of staff. It took a long time to get the repairs. So they were stranded for a while, and I was at home going, no, just get home, you know. So needless to say, the day and the minute that the car pulled up the drive, I was a very, very happy mom. On top of that, they stepped out with a package in their hand that I went, are you kidding? I was so excited. Any guesses what they had in their hand? They brought home toilet paper. (laughs) So I was down to three rolls when they got home and thinking, great, three more girls coming in the house and we have three rolls of toilet paper but they brought home almost a full large pack that they had had in the Airbnb in Texas that they brought home with them, thankfully, because you know if they didn't realize the shortage of toilet paper, they might have left it there. That would have been so sad. But the whole way home, they had their hotels they were staying at that had no shortage of toilet paper, so they were able to bring their host stash home. So for now, our family is good with toilet paper. Okay, so if I had to have like a moral to the story though, I would say, after telling you our story, I'd want to encourage you. I realize after a few weeks now, possibly that you've been cooped up at home, stranded with your family members, haven't seen other people. Um, I would want to encourage you to look at the bright side, and there definitely is one. You can always find a bright side, right? But be thankful that you are with your family. Be thankful that the loved ones that are most important in your life are not 3,000 miles away, and you are not totally fearful if they will have difficulties reuniting with you. Be thankful that you're together, right? And um, try and use this time in a way that is productive in some way, whether you're creating something together or whether you're just creating memories together, right? I mean, this is definitely a memorable time that the kids and you will never forget. And try your best to make sure that it's good memories, because certainly we're gonna remember the stress, right? We're gonna remember all the eeriness and um, our kids, whether they are middle school or teenagers or young adults, we all know that they now have their story, right? Because we all have that story of the first big world event that we remember. And we remember specifically where we were and what we were doing on the day that X, Y, or Z happened. Well, they all have their thing now, right? And they are all gonna remember this for sure. So along with the stress and the worry that they recall and that, that they're someday telling their grandkids, try to make sure there's also great joy in their memory and they go yeah you know what though that was the time i was stuck at home for three weeks 
just us, just my mom and dad and my siblings. And we played games every day. And every night we got together in the kitchen and we baked something awesome. It was, although it was the stressful, scariest time of my life at that moment, it was also the best time. Like, wouldn't that be great if that's what our kids are telling their grandkids someday? So I wanted to give you some resources to help you along with your efforts that maybe that can be the story your kids are someday telling. First of all, there's a whole lot of free things right now that you can take advantage of. I think the coolest one of all is a temporary freebie that I don't want you to miss out on. It is available right now through April 9th, and it is completely unlimited, totally free access to a resource that I think everybody in your family might have something in it that they love. It's called Blueprint, and it's an online resource that is basically like this whole creative learning platform. And it really gives a way for everybody in the family to kind of nourish their creativity. I mean, we have this time on our hands. Why not learn something new and something that'll let you be creative and create something cool, right? So, I mean, creativity, it's like one of the best ways to not only connect with our loved ones, if there's something on this platform that you want to learn with your daughter or son or husband, or it's also creativity is a way to connect with yourself, you know, to give yourself time to get lost in making something. It's a really good feeling. It reduces stress and it makes you just, it gives you something to be proud of in the end, right? And if we can be creating family moments of togetherness by like, you know, when you get together and you're making something together, it often leads to a lot of conversation because whatever you're creating, although it takes focus and it's using your hands, it often isn't using all of your mental capacity to focus on this thing, right? You have like, you have a time that you're sitting and you're doing and your hands are busy, but the, the rest of you can just totally be connecting with whoever else is doing this thing with you. That sounds really weird. <laughs> I know what I mean. Um, it's a time to talk, basically, <laughs> is what Michelle is trying to say. It's a great excuse to sit down. Your hands are busy. You have to be seated together in whatever you're creating together. But you're talking, right? So the first set of links that I'm going to give you are to a whole bunch of resources. If you go to the correct landing page, they are entirely free for the next 30 days. And it's a wide gamut of things, free access to unlimited movies, TV, and original shows on Amazon Prime, free access for 30 days to unlimited music on Amazon Prime. Um, You can get 30 days of free gaming. I'm not a gaming person and my daughters never have been, so that I've never tried out, but I saw that that is free for 30 days. And hopefully, you know, all of these things that these companies are doing for 30 days, maybe they'll extend them when we get to that point if we still need it. But hopefully at that point, the nation is going to be turning around and we're going to be back to normal and this coronavirus will be on the downside and on its way to being conquered, right? So if we can get through the next 30 days, I feel like maybe we will be in a much better place. And I'm hoping that these 
different sources I'm mentioning might help you with that. Um, you can also have unlimited Kindle reading, or I don't have a Kindle, but you can also do um, audible books, totally for free access, any book in the library for 30 days. And finally, um, I know that we're all really thankful these days for Amazon. Am I right? Because, wow, to be able, we've never appreciated, at least I haven't, I've never appreciated it more to be able to order something online and have it delivered to my door when I can't go and get it for a couple reasons, right? But you actually can sign up if you don't already have this for Amazon Prime, totally free for 30 days, and you will get two-day delivery as well, which makes it extra sweet. You have less time to wait and the shipping is free. So all of those links to access any of those things you're going to find at solelyrested.com slash at home. And um, what else? Oh, books. So we're talking about audible books. I wanted to share with you some of my family's favorite reads when the girls were either younger or teens. Um, I'll just rattle off some of the, our favorite books. And that way, maybe if you are on either free audible links, or if you have these books in your home, maybe this will jar your memory and you go, Oh yeah, let's read that. So here we go. First, I'm going to have to start with my favorite author of all time. And that's CS Lewis. CS Lewis has written a gamut of books for all ages but the really great thing about his amazing writing, his writing style is it really is something that all ages can totally enjoy. He writes the series, The Chronicles of Narnia. And although it's written for middle school or younger, probably is the target age. I kid you not. I absolutely love reading those books as much as any kid because he gives such great insights and he's just really quick with his wit and such great characterization that he does for his characters. Um, and just the, his writing style. I, I love everything I've ever read of C.S. Lewis's. I highly recommend that you try a C.S. Lewis book if you aren't familiar with him. But if you're going to start with Chronicles of Narnia, I will tell you, my absolute favorite is not the one that everybody starts with, which is a perfectly fine book, which is the Chronicle, not the Chronicles of Narnia, I just said that, Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. But my perf my absolute favorite one in the Chronicles of Narnia is The Magician's Nephew. It's, it's like the beginning of the story. It's literally the beginning of the story of all of Narnia, and that's my favorite part about it, that we, we get to be there when this other land was created and formed, and it's just so fun. Um, so that's my number one recommendation that I think any family with kids of any age would totally enjoy. And it's a rather quick, rather easy read so if you like it and you have more time that you're in quarantine, there's the whole series, right? You could run through the series and I think you'd really like it. So that's my number one pick, but there's lots of other favorites we've had over the years. The Hobbit was one that I never thought I would like, but I thought it's a classic that I have to read with my daughters. Wound up loving it. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis actually were best friends and their writing styles, although different, are 
I guess you could say somewhat similar, and maybe that's why I really like both of them. But I highly recommend The Hobbit if you haven't read it. And then there's two that are absolute favorites. Of course, they're favorites because we are a family of four girls. We happen to love little women. But even if we weren't a family of four girls reading a book about a family of four girls, I'm positive we would still love it because it's it's a really great book with great insights. And um, I highly recommend it. Then there's Anne of Green Gables, which, of course, she's not one of four. She's one daughter who's been adopted. But she's just the funnest character to read. I loved reading that book aloud to my daughters. Um, she is just so full of wit. And I think that's the only book in the world that a sentence can go on for three or four lines because Anne is just full of very long run on sentences, but they're so fun. They're fun to read. And I, that's a great one. I look forward to reading that with my grandchildren someday. Another one that I guess might be more suited for a family of girls. Now that I think about a lot of these, I guess are, um, I highly recommend the witch of blackbird pond. And I remember the first time I heard that title, I thought, what an awful sounding book. Why would I want to read the witch of blackbird pond? But I kid you not, you will not regret it. Very good story and insight into the time period of the Salem witch trials, although they don't live in Salem, but it's, it's into that time period. And a really just a sweet, simple kind of young romance. It's, it's a good story. Highly recommend. And we loved the mixed up files of Mrs. Basil E. Frank Wheeler. That's one, I guess, more for middle school for the younger kids. But again, one that any age will find absolutely hilarious. It's a cute story. Um, what else? What else? I know there were more I wanted to tell you. Oh, yes. Johnny Tremaine. One that I read because I thought we had to as part of a history study at one point. And I wound up reading it three different times with, I read it out loud to the girls myself. And then the two younger girls read it to me individually when they were at that age that they were reading books to me to help with their reading skills. And I think it might be what made Kayla really intrigued by American history. It's just a great way for a middle schooler to, or even younger, to really be involved in American history, to feel like they're part of it by being a part of a fictional character's story. Honestly, still today, we talk about Johnny and Rab, his friend, as if they were real people in Boston during the Revolutionary War. I mean, it, it's that real to us because it's that good of a story that I highly recommend. Okay, I keep saying that, don't I? I highly recommend because these that's the books I'm sharing with you, the ones that I love the most. Now, what about for younger kids? Maybe they are the age that they are just starting to read well out loud, or maybe they're a little younger and they just love for you to sit down and read them a picture book. These were my favorites. I was a storyteller professionally for over a decade. I think it was about 15 years. And I would like to read from some of these because they were ongoing little tiny chapter books that I could read just one little chapter every week when the children came for story time. And it would kind of leave them wanting more, right? So there's four or five chapters in each of these books, and it would take four or five sessions to get through the whole book. And they loved it. 
My favorite book to do that with actually is Henry and Mudge. They there's a whole long series that Cynthia Ryland has written and I don't think there's one in the series that I don't love. But I guess if you're going to start it, you should start with the one that's literally called The First Book. But Henry Mudge is just so cute. It's just an adorable story of a boy and his dog and the shenanigans that they get into. Then a couple of my daughters, their absolute favorite forever was Amelia Bedelia. She is a hoot. She is always getting herself into trouble. And the fun thing with Amelia Bedelia is she misunderstands the meaning of words, and it often gives you insight into grammar even in a very funny way. Then there's Mr. Putter and Tabby, written by the same author as Henry and Mudge. So there's the boy and his dog, and then there's the elderly gentleman and his cat, Mr. Putter and Tabby. I highly recommend that series as well. Then there's the classic Little Bear. That's a great one for the kids to read to you because the words are very simple, but the stories and the pictures are very quaint. Corduroy was always a favorite with a few daughters, the story of the bear who has lost his button. And then simple um, little ones that were just so favorite with one particular daughter that I have to mention. They aren't a series. There's just one book. It's called More Spaghetti, I Say. And when she was learning to read, she must have read that book to me 88 times. And then one called A Chew, which is about how you catch a cold. (laughs) It's funny enough that I'm mentioning this book because she just loved it. So A Chew, A-C-H-O-O is what that one's called. And then there's the series, the same daughter that loved Johnny Tremaine, loved the series written about Laura Ingalls' um, daughter when she's growing up. It's about Rose. And I'm trying to think of what the series is called. Um, You know, I don't think the series has an actual name. We always just called it the Rose Books. And you can get them in a longer form for middle schoolers to read on their own, or you can get them in the little first book chapter books that are more like for a third grader, maybe second or third grader to read on their own. So any in that series, and it's part of the Little House chapter book series, my daughters all loved. I mean, they loved Little House in general, which I guess I should have mentioned that too, any Little House book was fun for the young kids. It's just a fun insight into the homesteader way of life back when it was kind of the only way of life. Okay, so that's just a small insight into the many books that come to my mind that I would highly recommend for a family for reading if you're looking for a great way to spend some extra time you have together. Um, I could go on and talk for hours about lots of other books as well. So that's just not even scratching the surface. But those are the ones that come to mind to me today that my family has loved. So aside from crafting, which gives you great time to sit around and talk and reading, which is just quality time anyway, right? I'm going to get to games in a minute, but there's also I wanted to encourage you to consider using this time to write not only personally to journal. I mean, what a crazy time of life that we want to remember. And we think we will, but trust me, we'll forget the details. So take time when you have the time now to find a blank journal and start writing and documenting what's going on in your life and your family's life. But also consider writing an old-fashioned letter. It's a skill that has been lost, and it is a skill that is so greatly appreciated by the recipient. 
Think about someone who maybe is quarantined who is lonely, who would like a letter. Or think about someone who is kind of on the front lines of this battlefield of us versus the virus and write them a letter letting them know that you appreciate them and you're thinking about them. Also, it's a great time to learn any kind of skill that you've been thinking about learning related to homesteading and self-sufficiency. I highly recommend if you've ever considered fermenting and haven't taken the time to figure it out, now is a great time to do so. Even if you don't have access to a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables to try and ferment, you could definitely learn to ferment sourdough bread and ferment kombucha which is an amazing, healthy drink that I'm positive I will do lots of future episodes about to tell you more about what it means to me and my family and how it has improved our gut health. But if you want to know more about that, I'll leave a link on the same landing page where all these other links are going to go, solelyrested.com slash at home. And I'll just share information there for you about kombucha. And you know what? I have another another little insider cool thing I'll tell you about in a minute that relates to kombucha. Okay, so crafting and reading and writing and learning a skill like fermenting or or gardening. It's a great time to learn that skill and to get those seeds started if you haven't. Also though, I want to encourage you to consider games. I don't know if your family is into games like mine. We have always loved playing games together. I, as a mom, love the games that don't require a lot of brain power, but at least this is the stage that I'm at with teenagers, but they give me a lot of time to just sit around the table and all chit chat. The best conversation happens around a game. It really does. But um, when the kids were younger, I really loved the games that were more thinking and more brain power and really taught them logic in a way that it's hard to find anywhere else than sometimes playing certain games. So here is the list of our family's favorite games. I'm just going to rattle them off and then I will leave links to them all in case you don't catch some of them or so you don't have to write them down right now. Sky Joe. Brain Games, Azul, one of my favorites. We just played that one last night. Code Names, Phase 10. That's been an all-time favorite since they were young. Um, Taboo, one of my personal favorites when I was a teenager that we still play. <laughs> this one, I, fe- I feel funny even saying it, but my daughters actually find this game funny. Fact or Crap, that's really what it's called. Uh, Wits and Wagers. Imagine if Dutch Blitz has been an all-time family favorite for generations and sequence. And then there's the games that my girls loved so much as kids that I remember them very well. And I can rattle those off for you too. This would be more for the younger kids. Blink, hi Cherio, Hungry Hippo. <laughs> Silliest thing, but they loved it. Trouble and Sorry. Connect Four, that was one of my favorites as well growing up. Uno Attack, Battleship, who doesn't love Battleship, right? And, oh, there's an educational game that they never really saw as educational that teaches you your Greek and Latin word roots, Rummy Roots. It's kind of a go fish game, but it's an educational game. And then there's the single person things that they would love to just sit down and play by themselves, both Tangrams and Rush Hour is a really fun little logic game. Okay, so that's my list of games. And like I said, I'll leave a link at solelyrested.com slash at home. 
So before I wrap this up, I want to tell you that I was thinking this week about pulling this together and thinking about these free resources that I started the podcast with and thinking, man, I wish I had something that I could do for like free for my audience because I love that idea and I love that companies are doing that. And then I realized, wait, I have always had a free, <laughs> a free resource. Um, I have a free subscriber library that I continually add to that's just packed with tips, tricks, printouts, um, encouragement for homesteading, for simple living. And if you're not on that subscriber list, it's actually super, super easy to do. And it's all entirely free anytime, not just now, but anytime. If you go to any page on my blog, solelyrested.com, you will find at the bottom of that page, a very simple little box that you can put your email address in and you'll instantly have access to my subscriber library. I will also leave a link to that on the landing page for this podcast, solelyrested.com slash at home. But in addition to that, I'd really love to do something else. Um, like I said, it's a great time if you have time on your hand to learn a new skill. I have two e-courses that I offer. One teaches everything you could ever want to know about simple DIY kombucha, and the other teaches how to make your own maple sugar in your kitchen. You do not have to be a sugar maker. You do not have to tap one single tray, but you can make all natural, amazing, delicious maple sugar at home. Great time to learn that skill, right? So both of my courses, I am going to make half price from now through April 4th. So if that either of those are something you're interested in, check it out and it'll just be the automatic price. You don't need to use a coupon or do anything special. Just click on the order form and you can get that special from now through April 4th. And I will leave a link for that on the landing page as well. So I hope that that encourages you to take on one of those new skills and enjoy it. Or maybe both of them since they're half price, right? Finally, before the last thing I'm going to do is give you some great tips that readers have shared that have encouraged me. But before that, I do want to encourage you as well that, like I said at the beginning, I know this is a difficult time, but every single thing in life that I've discovered over the past 50 years as I have walked through this life, every single thing does have a part of it that we can be thankful for, no matter how difficult the situation is. And the verse that helps me with that is Philippians 4.8. I remind myself, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So it's just a little trick that I play in my head when I find myself getting discouraged or worried as I start rattling off these qualities I want to look for in my situation. And always, always there is something that is either true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy that I can turn my focus towards to get it off of what I'm stressed, frustrated, or angry about. So I hope that is something that also can encourage you as you walk these crazy days ahead. Okay, now for reader's inspiration. Beth says she uses this time to listen to more music, especially peaceful music. Irina says she loves to take walks in the sunshine. She's getting more walks than usual. Yankee Homestead is doing tons of gardening. Parizona tells me her husband is slowly working and organizing and cleaning the garage up. It's a great time to organize, yes? 
Robinson Nest says she's been baking bread, making soups, and sharing them all with others. And I love that. With all this time we have to create things, maybe we can also share it. Um, J.H. Cagle tells me her daughter, Ella, is teaching her virtually how to make sourdough bread. How cool is that? So maybe they're using something like Zoom or they're Skyping and she's walking her mom through the steps of making sourdough bread. By the way, if anyone else is interested in that, there is a great post I just put up about that. Great in the sense that it's very detailed and tells you everything you want to know about sourdough bread. So check out that link um, as well if you don't have an Ella in your life to teach you virtually. I love this one. Alice told me that she has dinner over Zoom with different friends every night. I love that. She also mentioned that she watches museum tours over dinner if there isn't a friend available to eat with over Zoom. (laughs) Kelly says, I'm a maker and I'm enjoying extra time at home making things with what I have on hand. She would probably love that link to the free blueprint access that I have on my landing page, yes? Let's see, um, August tells me she is doing yard work and lots of walking these days. Um, Everain, oh, Ever, Everain, I guess, says she's starting her garden and she's starting working on building their chicken coop. That's exciting. Jen is finishing leftover unfinished tasks and enjoying doing nothing. Her mantra these days is, it could be worse. And it in WP, ITNWP tells me yard work, decluttering, cooking, and cleaning everything. It is true. Some of us will have very clean houses when this is over, yes? Country girl, heartbeat, told me she's continuing hatching chicks. That's a fun thing to be doing when you're in quarantine. And she's planting seeds and seeking God. Italian Nona is praying and praying more. She finally finished projects that has been sitting around for years, and that makes her super happy. Sharon tells me she's been doing a Bible study and a prayer meeting with her church over Zoom to stay connected. Again, Zoom is a wonderful way to do that. Um, Kay Barbalish tells me she's quilting, and she also is cleaning up the yard and doing house projects. Mel is enjoying the nice weather and leaving all the worries in God's hands. Also building a coop. Two of you are building a coop. And Wild One's homestead is prepping the garden for spring planting and getting a head start on her summer projects. Hey, that's a positive thing to get ready for summer while we're waiting for it. Spring Lake tells me that they made two gallons of syrup this week. Hey, that is the way that I like spending quarantine. Natalie has been crab apple picking and preserving them. Natalie must live down south. Woo. Can't imagine having crab apples to pick right now. August tells me the she's been doing family walks after dinner. And then the speechaholic tells me the same thing. Their family is walking every day before or after dinner. Oh, and she's doing lots of sourdough. I think a lot of people are around the nation. Paula Ann Conklin tells me she's trying to focus on what she can do instead of what she can't do. So she's focusing on the blessings. Paula, that is a Philippians 4-8 attitude. I love it. Johnson Branch Farm is working outdoors, putting shelves in the greenhouse, and caring for their plants. That's a big theme because Heartful Homestead is also starting a garden. And Mrs. Beth is composting and planting more seeds. Oh, she's also writing thank you notes. I wonder if she's writing them by hand like I was suggesting. It's a great idea. 
And what else? Country Girl Heartbeat also told me, finding peace in spring, appearing no matter what's going on, and finding peace in my unchanging savior and creator. Betty Elliott is celebrating birthdays. Well, I hope that's a way you can celebrate, you know, virtually and have other people involved too. That's got to be hard. Italian Nona also told me the men are working outside at different job sites away from people while she's checking in on neighbors. Um, Down to Earth Jewelry says working at home, but taking breaks for walks in the field. Oh, and working on a puzzle. That's a great idea. I didn't think about that one. That's a great idea for our list of how to cope with Corona, to get out a puzzle and work on it together as a family. That's also another great excuse to sit around the table and enjoy conversation together. And Brenda says she's teaching the kids life skills like laundry and cooking. Fantastic idea, Brenda. What a great way to use this time. I love it. Fishing Girl says we took a walk down our road today with some garbage bags and picked up all the trash. That's a great idea. A lot of people are telling me they're getting out and trying to walk a lot. What a great idea to also pick up trash as you go. And Jay Stanton tells me my young kids and I are doing scavenger hunts. They even make one for me. Now that is super fun. I love it. Okay, so that was my list from Instagram. I just read through it one by one. And um, thank you all for giving us those ideas of what you're doing to cope with Corona. If you're not following me on Instagram, I often will ask questions like that on my stories. And I, I think it'll be a way that I'm forming future podcasts and deciding what you guys would like to hear on these podcasts. So please take a second and join me over on Instagram. I'd love to have you there. It's there. My handle is solely.rested. So S-O-U-L-Y period rested. So I hope you can find me over there because I'd love to see you there. And that is it for today. Today was a really long episode. They're not typically going to be this long, but I just had so many different ideas I wanted to share with you of things that are helping our family cope with the corona situation and i hope you found some inspiration here yourself thanks so much as always for spending a few minutes hanging out with me today if you enjoyed it if you were encouraged or you found something useful in it please hit the follow button so you don't miss a future episode and i'd really appreciate it if you take a second to give me a quick review on your favorite podcast player that'll help others find me and help me encourage others in some simple way today if by the way you're having trouble accessing show notes you can always see all the back episodes and the show notes at solelyrested.com slash podcast. And for this particular episode, make sure you go to solelyrested.com slash at home, where you will find links to all of these different things that we chatted about today. Thanks, guys. I hope everything is fantastic in your neck of the woods.